1: Cricket badges everywhere. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a while since that second Test match, but we're looking ahead now to the third Test match at Hellingley, which starts tomorrow, Wednesday, as England take on India. India having that one li- nil lead in the five Test match series. And I'm joined by my fan badges. Today, we've got Neil Varani, Naman Shah and Mark Hilton with us. We've got two Indian fans and an Englishman down there, bottom right of my screen anyway. And uh, good to have you with us, fellas. And Mark it's felt like a while since that second Test match it will have done for the players I'm sure to get away from the game for a little bit the English players um, to regroup a tad probably a good time isn't it to have a little bit of a break between the Test matches rather than have a back to back where England can't really kind of get their head straight yeah and I think
3: that's particularly important after what happened on the last day at Lords. obviously when went you know from England thinking they could win that Test match on the last day completely pear shaped and uh, obviously the ball went completely wrong with the ball in the morning session particularly for that hour when they lost their heads and then getting bowled out in fifty three overs. Um so I think a few I think Joe Root said it himself, he's had a few days away and it's helped refresh him and just put a bit of perspective on things. And hopefully I do hope that they're ready to go tomorrow because you know we say a lot, you know, test matches are important, but this one is the big one. If England if England chokes on this test match we could be looking at four nil if the weather holds uh so Oh need-
1: you're a ray of sunshine in my life yeah, you they always need, are. We need to step up to the plate in this test match at Headingley. Really do. Well, I, know, I mean, if they go two nil down, only two matches to play, isn't there? So it's uh, even from that perspective. Even even if you don't expect a four nil, you can't win the series from there. So England need to England come need away to, with at least a draw. In, they need to get the momentum going. It's very. This, we, we talked on this podcast
3: before about how I think the, this India side as an all-round package. Is their best side in history? In my belief,
1: well, we're going to ask that actually because I've put that on the uh, on the title of this podcast. Is yeah. this India's best ever Test team, Neil Varani, Is this is... India's best ever Test
2: team? If that's the title of the pod, it's going to be um, it's going to be quite short because yes, yes, it is by a long, long way. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> we haven't had a uh, an all conditions bowling attack before that that's the main thing we've had stronger batting lineups um in the 2000s with uh, uh with the famous five then that was a stronger batting lineup mm. but then we had zahir khan holding together a seam bowling lineup which was uh, as pop guns compared to yeah. you know what we're facing right. from south africa and australia and and england
1: I've been on a number of Indian podcasts over the last week, actually and we've talked about things like this. And I can remember going back to the kind of early 80s, late 70s, when India came across to these shores, and it used to be a couple of medium paces and maybe three spinners or four spinners. You kind of, a couple of medium paces, bowled two or three overs each at the start with the new ball, and then it was a spin for the rest of the day, even when the conditions aren't conducive. It's a totally different India now, isn't it, Now, Yeah, well, I suppose at that time, you could do that a little
2: bit, because uncovered pitches, they started wearing a lot, quicker and the spinners actually got a lot more out of the pitch than you do do these days but yeah i mean what we've got at the moment it's not just one or two class seamers which we have had sporadically uh, the likes of uh, zaheer um,
1: and Shrinath, um and kapil dev himself you can almost count them on the fingers of one hand though can't you the, the ones yeah. from the from the bygone days the kapil devs of this world. yeah n- now we have choices
2: we we can actually argue about which seamer should be in the team and which shouldn't and then there are going to be two three four guys who are going to feel yeah. hard done by fairly and we've never had that we we've actually got the potential to look at a pitch in a more micro detail and say all right we need someone with bounce Ishant's in, or yeah. we need um a bit uh, it's going to swing a bit so we want siraj in there more than uh someone else we can make those different differentiations, the type that the likes of England have to when they go to Australia or other teams have to when they come to England and have that variety in a pace attack that we've never had
1: before. Now, man. You, you look at the IPL and the impact the IPL has had on Indian cricket. Probably the biggest impact for me isn't in the batting because India have always had decent batsmen. It's in the bowlers, you know, the likes of Nataraj and Siraj coming through have benefited hugely haven't they I mean obviously good cricketers anyway We're playing cricket anyway would have probably played cricket regardless but I think it's honed their skills it's honed their awareness it's honed their big match temperament the fact they've played in the IPL and had that exposure
0: a lot and it is helping a lot of youngsters and as Neil correctly mentioned that we have so many players to choose from and like uh, likes of Avesh Khan and all getting to bowl along with Rabada Siraj getting to bowl along with Dale Stein. so this is a dream moment for the youngsters coming up and similarly for the batsmen as well so yes IPL has helped a lot and also India A team the domestic teams have been uh, rightly being ma- mentored by Rahul Dravid I feel he's the correct man over there pl- planted over
1: there you, uh, you can't he- ever do a, a podcast about the state of Indian cricket without Naman bigging up Rahul Dravid yes uh, uh,
0: to be honest <laughs> he would, wouldn't be taking any credit for this also because I have heard a lot of podcasts uh, from him and he doesn't like to be praised a lot but uh, he is a silent guy over there doing a lot well, I'll, t- him. I'll
1: tell you what Naman he's not going to like
0: you then because you praise him every day he mm. deserves uh, everything uh, what India is achieving right now so he has mentored a lot and uh, also these youngsters uh, like Safshub Mangil and all coming from his uh, backyard and yeah, yes uh, like me directly mentioned the bottom line is we have so many players to choose from is a huge advantage
1: cricket's a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field badges are furry creatures my friends at Manscaped.com help oh, you make sure it's neat and tidy down there oh get rid of all that excess fur make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh Manscaped.com Mark, if we look at Indian teams of old and we we compare them to this current side, I mean, you started this discussion off by saying this is the best Indian side that you can think of in Test cricket. What players of yesteryear would you see coming? I mean, that old that kind of old adage of comparing England to India. Which team? Which players will get in each team? If you compare. India of past to India of present what players would be knocking on the door to get in this current 11
3: well I mean we've got Sreenath who was obviously an excellent swing bowler Uh, Kapil Dev um, another excellent swing bowler Obviously, a variety of spinners they've had over the years could get probably challenge the spinners. But we're talking odds and sods. I mean, as Neil said, it's about a collective bowling attack. And you know, when someone like Kapil Dev was um, you know holding the bowl, and he was he was shouldering on his on his own arms, and so was Jabakil Srinath when he was holding the bowl in fine bowl, though he was. And they've always had that odd you know that odd seam bowler, but never a collection of them. Obviously, Indy have about spin bowlers over the, over the years, and some very fine spin bowlers going back to the 50s and 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. But and, well, even so, I mean, you, you, you'd look at Ashwin and you'd say, well, he's comparable to any of them yeah. in, terms of, in terms of his um, ability in all conditions. I mean, in all conditions, um, Ashwin is an out, outstanding bowler, which makes it even more of a, you know, when you look at it, you say they're winning this series without possibly possibly their best bowler in all conditions. Um, so, yeah, obviously, there's some of the stars in the past of India would challenge. Um, but, you know, these these fast bowlers they've got now would hold their own with, with
1: any of them. If you think about the, the way bowling attacks work, Mark, I mean, it's it's kudos, isn't it, to the likes of Kapil Dev and the, the one kind of spearheads of yesteryear, that they actually came out with such great stats because we often see bowlers hunting in packs these days. If, if one has a bad day, the other one picks up five, but they help each other out because one holds at one end and then somebody benefits the other end from their bowling, you know, in tandem. And they they were kind of ploughing a lone furrow at times, weren't they, in the in the pace attack for India? So that their their stats almost mean more, I think.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, Kapil Dev at times was used as a
1: strike bowler and a stop bowler. I mean, mm. You know, he, he, he started
3: off as a fast bowler, and then he was, you know, he, so he's he's bowled he's, bowled, he's bowled, a bit like Lifferin with, with Lanka isn't he? If you make that comparison. He was basically bowling all the overs a lot of the time, and he was moving from strike to stock bowler. I mean, yeah, I mean Kapil Dev, obviously a fine bowler. Who, if, if with this attack, you know, you'd look at him, him getting a lot more than the four and odd wickets he got that he got in his um, in his career. Yeah, I mean those bowlers didn't have the luxury of those other bowlers around them to rest to actually have a defined role in the side. They were they were the bowler. They did all the jobs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. So, yeah, he did, you know, those bowlers in the past had a lot of work. They couldn't work as a pack. And it's similar to, as I say, someone like Sri Lanka with Muriel Liffin. Now he kind of carried them for a long time, although he had some fine bowlers with him like Chaminda Bass and various other people over the years. But, yeah, kudos to people like Kapil, to Srinath. you know, those types of bowlers, uh, fine bowlers. You can only compare areas with eras, but I think those bowlers
1: would be great bowlers in any era. Neil, who would you... Taken from past Indian sides. I mean, we haven't mentioned the likes of Tendulkar, Dravid, who obviously no one's mentioning in his coaching capacity would have been knocking on the door. I guess there's a number of batsmen there. As Neil, as Mark mentioned, the the bowlers of yesteryear, the spin bowlers of yesteryear. There's some tremendous. Um, spinners that India have had but who would be shoe-ins for you I mean Tendulkar I guess would walk in wouldn't he? Yeah I think you'd replace the whole top four and drop Coley down to five
2: you'd have Tendulkar and Dravid at three and four you'd have um, Saywag, who for me is a, an all-time great opener and the other all-time great opener in Gavaska, um mm-hmm. as well although I think Let's see what he can do over the next three, four years, especially if he is beginning to, if Rohit is starting to perform away from India where he's got an average of 80 or some, something ridiculous there. But he's finally starting to um, look like he might fulfil his uh, potential away from home now that he's opening uh, in those away series and sort of batting um, at six.
1: There's not many current sides though, Neil, who you could only really... Imagine taking maybe four or five players from yesteryear and, and, and creating the greatest side. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, 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 if you that, took the England team at the moment, there's probably Joe Root, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad might be in the in the conversation, but you've got 50 or 60 other people to compete with them. That isn't the case within the year, is it? The, this side is, is very good indeed. Oh, the, this side
2: could potentially, uh, I don't think they're quite there with. Um, 2000s Australia or 1980s West Indies, but they are currently the tier below. What would would they need to do to go up onto that level? Is it just longevity of performance? Longevity of performance um, and series victories in England, in South Africa. Um, I'd like one in New Zealand, but um, apparently as part of the big three, uh, part of the contract is just to ignore those sides and only play amongst ourselves. So I'm sure we're due to tour them in about 10 years uh, when half the side's retired. Uh, but South Africa and uh, England are two places where um, we haven't had success. We, we've conquered Australia without Smith and Warner and then... Deciding to flip the asterisk um, without all our star players as well, which was uh, a bit of a, a cunning feat. But uh, it, England this time around and um, this winter in South Africa, um, we probably caught the two teams while they still have a couple of world class players. But it's probably the best time to ever play these two teams. Um, England are perpetually in transition from uh, ever since 2013 i'm not sure if you can still be in transition after eight years yeah when does, when does
1: transition become the norm yeah,
2: and and South Africa certainly for the last couple of years, um, and we definitely want to get them before they one sort out their their own governance and two start to build up their domestic playing stock from um, from the rule ruling you're, you're no you're longer counting.
1: India, India to be like the vultures just going around and preying play, on these half dead sides and and seeing what they can pick off the carcass. Now nah, man. Um, in terms of that discussion about the players of yesteryear, I mean we've reeled off a load of names there. There aren't many, are there, that would be really Really knocking on the door of getting into this current side it's it's a pretty impressive not just 11 but squad that India are building up in the test arena
0: yes and who would have thought uh, Sky would be sitting over there in the test uh, uh, squad uh, no one would have imagined uh, two years back from here and he's sitting uh, in the test squad that way in England so also uh, Prithvi Shaw Mayang Agrawal uh, to be honest Rahul K.L. Rahul was the fourth choice so right now he's the premier opener for, for India so as discussed earlier there's a lot to choose for but uh more than the batting yes India have produced great batsmen uh, first also but uh, if you have noticed uh, Shastri has always mentioned whenever we have won the series it's all about taking those 20 wickets so it's more of the mindset of the team and uh, Virat Kohli's and it's all because at home yes the batsmen are going to score but uh, more wins matter when you are away from home so it's more of taking those 20 wickets when you are playing against England in England against Australia against Africa so that is why you are seeing the bowlers right now are the bunch we have got and also in the dugout as well so it's more of the mindset and team building and not just for this year uh, it's about building a team for looking at next five years so even if uh, Bumrah likes of uh, Shami gets injured or maybe retire in next five to six years uh, because they have touched uh, 30 Shami's also so we have bowlers to back that is why I also fear like if Anderson right now announces something after ashes or so what do England ha- have on the plate so this is where the transition phase needs to start
1: as early as possible. I used to be quite good at medium pace. They could call me in. Um, I'm going to go around you very quickly. Of that greatest eleven that we've kind of built in our heads, we've kind of got the current team plus some of those great names of yesteryear. Who would captain it, Mark? Would it be Virat or would it be somebody else? Ooh, would it be somebody else? Um, no, I
3: think Virat Cole is an excellent captain. You could see that in the last Test match. I think players follow him. I think he's got passion. I love his passion on the field. You know, he radiates that through the side. So for me, it's not just about what. Uh, Calling does with his with the bat, it's how he leads and he's a, for me he's a real leader he shows real leadership on the field and off the field you know he's a great advocate for five day cricket he's a great advocate for for example, we talked about the Indian domestic structure. I think since Cole has been around, he's, he's advocated the development that, and I think they've got a very good domestic structure now.
1: This okay. was supposed to be a quick answer.
3: Kohli, would be my captain <laughs> compared. And, and also, he's, as, as we say, he's a very successful captain.
1: Neil, can you beat that speedy answer
2: from Mark? Coley? but he's also, um, with the possible exception of Cumblay, the only one who's actually a good captain. Sachin, Raul, um, Gavaska... Uh, they're all shambles as captains because they were, they were basses first rather than leaders. It, it was only when you got through to sort of Dada, Cumble, Doni Dhoni that you actually had leaders and men. And I think Coley's built this team in his own image. Um, and that huddle uh, before uh, the fourth innings, uh, Lords, was um, a microcosm of uh, how great he is uh, leading that team.
0: Now, man, Virat for you? No, I'll go with MSD with uh, Saurav Ganguly in his years. Uh, oh, that, we didn't
1: mention MSD as the key, potential keeper. Pant's in, though, isn't he? Rishabh Pant would be in ahead of MSD, surely.
0: Yes, he would be there, but my first choice will always be Dhoni. He, he, he's always, no matter which format, uh, he should be there in that 11. So
1: you're going to bring MSD in as a kind of like a Mike, really captain. Not quite good enough to be in the 11, but bringing him for his tactics and everything. You take
2: an average of 40, James. <laughs> in this England team greatest ever Indian (laughs) side there's a high (laughs) standard MSD
1: MSD's knocking on the door I'm telling you
0: you are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast
1: We've got a load of um, questions coming, actually. Uh, let's look ahead to the test match now, which obviously starts heading me tomorrow. I saw um, Naman, I think Vera Kohli has basically said, why do we need to change the team? I think it looks like India are probably going to go with the same 11. Would you be in agreement with that? Or, the only obvious candidate for coming in might be Ashwin, isn't it?
0: Yes, uh, it would be more of a tactical change and not a forced one, uh, as all of it. So I... If Ashwin comes in, so I just feel that uh, Shardul would be coming in because uh, there would be need. We would be needing two batsmen in place of Jadeja. So maybe Ashwin and Shardul, the combination would work in place of batting. But uh, because Malan would be in and uh, Burns will surely be playing. So with uh, three left-handers in top seven, with Mohin Ali adding to them uh, to the list uh, for sure. Ashwin will be playing uh, tomorrow. I feel in place of Jadeja because I had uh, read somewhere that he would be playing in place of Jadeja. And uh, with bat keeping in, uh, keeping batting in mind because Jadeja brings a lot of uh, those uh, low order runs. And when he comes in, he hits a lot and he scores those 50 60 quick runs. So I feel Charlotte would place of, uh, Ishan Mu for batting also.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tail, Neil, is quite long, isn't it? Even though they did wag um, in that second innings at Laws, they had no right to wag, really. It, it, it is a. An 8, 9, 10, 11, straight 14, 15, 16, 17 kind of tale, isn't it? Is that the only place you you try and strengthen or would you just keep it the same 11? I, I disagree with Naman uh,
2: a little bit in that I don't think Jadeja um, is ever going to be risked on the basis that... Um, batting with the exception of that one glorious hour it does stop at seven currently so i think i think based on the bowling so far i think siraj and bumra um, are both definite. and then i think you're looking at two out of ashwin shardell ishant and shami based purely on conditions and fitness whether there are niggles whether anyone needs a little bit of a Arrest. As as you say, we've got to that stage where we can actually afford to make conditions-based choices in our lineup, um, and know that um, people will turn up uh, whoever we pick. So I'd I'd say Jadeja, Bumrah, uh, Siraj uh, locked in, um, and then two out of the other four based on. Uh, what it's like. Um, Virat did say why change a winning team, but he also said that um, he reckons the ground's going to be quite spicy. Um, he thought that they'd already taken off more grass than he expected a couple of days out. So get there tomorrow morning, see what it, see what's what, see how the drainage is um, around that that new stand, um, and how dry that's going to make things, um, and pick based on that. And I think actually now the team, uh, all the players are buying into that team ethic. So there aren't going to be the people who, in the 2000s, who'd have that hissy fit at being dropped because they're acting in a collective.
1: Yeah. Charge Manju's been on with his message. Um, He he says, Mark, England should bring in Mahmood and Overton for Curran and Wood. I mean, Wood's injured. I mean, I know you're a big fan of... um, Saki Mahmood, would you bring Overton in as well? Would those be the two additions to England's bowling attack? Yes, I would. I would
3: take Sam Curran out of the side because I think Sam Curran... I think the pitch at Headingley will be quite slow, uh, similar to Lords. I don't think Sam Curran will get anything out of that pitch. I think Sam Curran's record in test matches over the last 10, 12 test matches he's played has been quite poor with the ball. I would bring Overton in for Curran. I would bring Mahmood in for Wood. I hope they do that. My suspicion is that they're so nervous about the batting, we will have Overton 9 and Robinson 10. And I think that would be a really poor decision from England because there'd be no point of difference in their attack. And I think Sam Curran, as a bowler at the moment, Is a passenger in that side.
1: Uh, And Zach Crawley recalled to bat at number eleven. Sharj Manju he says um, he feels after the 2015 World Cup, England have prioritised white ball cricket. Absolutely. Sharj, absolutely. He's also saying Chris Wokes has started playing county cricket. Hope he's fit for the fourth test match. I think he played a second team game, Sharj, and I think he took, was it three wickets or something? Looked quite good, so hopefully Chris Wokes is on the way back. Naman, he also says Siraj is um, the game changer in India's bowling. He made the difference in the last test match. Would you agree with that? He's the kind of like X Factor that can make a difference and change things in the space of sort of 20 minutes. Bring him on and say, go on, Mohammed Siraj. Tear him apart?
0: Not exactly, but uh, yes, he is a game changer, but not tear apart. And I feel it's still new to this arena, and uh, uh, India doesn't need to overburden him with too much of responsibility. He's surrounded by fantastic Indian bowlers right now, so uh, overall, I feel Kohli has given him that responsibility to be on his own and bowl what he does best. Uh, he is brilliant with his line and length. Uh, so he is on his own right now and he's, he's being perfect for India. So I don't think so. He's, yes, he's being aggressive on the field and everything. That is young blood coming out of him. But overall, he just needs to be calm and he's doing... Uh, right now, he's at his best. So he just needs to stay over there. Neil Sarge also says, after Kapil
1: Dev, why have India not produced any great all-rounders? Jadeja. Ashwin.
2: Ashwin, to a certain extent, Um yeah. Uh, especially if we're playing West Indies, because I think he's got four centuries against them. But Jadeja is averaging um, 50 uh, over the last three years. I think it's something like number four out of all international players uh, in the last three years. Um, Labuschagne uh, is above him and maybe a couple of others. And he's been number one Test Bowler in the world. He's probably, uh, he'd get picked ahead of Ashwin In India, just because he's metronomic and also with the fines uh, and points deductions coming in for... uh for slow overates
1: uh, it's is always useful to have him um, he bowls him really quickly doesn't he he comes off about two or three paces he charges back to his mark it's really refreshing to see that
2: uh, it's because he doesn't he doesn't have all the varieties um, he's got one that turns. he's got one that's straight um, and he'll generally hope for something out of the pitch just to uh, um, mix him up a bit as well so he's just hammering down on on that spot the same way that we talk about Jimmy just hitting you know a fourth or fifth stump just consistently and waiting for um, a batter to lose concentration and nick off that's what Jadeja does but also I don't think um, anyone realises how rare it is to have we talk we talk about all-rounders but an actual true
1: all-rounder well, is a very were, rare thing we were so blessed in the 80s with the likes of Hadley Botham Kapal Dev Imran Khan um, Clive Rice South Africa there were so many around the world that are just playing in the same era it was just ridiculous we, I don't think people actually realised at the time how lucky we were to have all of that um is basically saying England would have loved to have Peterson Cook and Trot in the lineup. totally as in <laughs> You would love to have Saywag, <laughs> Tendulkar, and Dravid in the lineup. I'm sure. Manny Vallan is saying um, no change to the Indian side. He thinks England side will take out Sam Curran, Sibley, and Wood, and Overton, Milan, and Mahmud coming in. So agreeing um, with Sharj's earlier point, there. It also says I like Virat as a cricketer, not as a personality. Always captain cool, captain cool. Oh, you want? I would imagine you want the captain to be cool because I don't think Virat could ever be described as cool. Claire, who is a regular on our IPL podcast, I think she's going to the game tomorrow so she says, look out for her in the crowd she'll be waving to you all out there badges waving to you all and uh she's basically underlining the credentials of the uh the one and only msd and big fan of msd mm-hmm. is claire i know you're saying this might be a slow pitch i know neil's brought up the drainage was it naman said that virat think it might it might uh, be spicy heading is not often that much of a bowling paradise and i'll tell you what um over the last sort of ten years or something, losing the toss at Headingley is not a bad thing. Um, you know, Virat Colley might be in his element with this one because he loses the toss all the time, doesn't he? But if you lose the toss and the winning captain looks at the pitch, they usually think, "Oh, decent batting track. Let's have first dibs on this." First day is when it gets a little bit of help and you can bowl the team out. Days two, three, and four is when you can make um, "Hey, while well, the sun shines" kind of thing. So, be interesting to see how the caps because it takes a brave man to win the toss at Headingley and bowl first. But it's often. The best strategy with the uh to go first with the ball there. I've seen a lot of test cricket at Headingley. Shaw says Joe Root has an average less than 40 in Leeds. England are in trouble, he says. I've I tell you what, Josh. I've seen a lot of Joe Root hundreds at Leeds. He likes batting there. Trouble is with Joe at the minute, Mark, and there isn't a trouble with Joe because Joe's doing rather well, but. The problem might be he's he's human. Even Don Bradman got out cheaply sometimes. Not at Headingley. (laughs) What? Yeah, Headingley. Don Bradman was rather (laughs) prolific, wasn't he? Um, What do England do if Joe Root gets out for naught? Just basically go home.
3: Well,
1: they uh, press the panic alarm, but yeah, he.
3: I mean he got 33 in the last in
1: the second innings
3: at Lords, and he's, he's, he's not going to get a century every time well I mean England have to, I mean we've said it so many times they have to step up to the plate brought Milan back Milan is a good choice to come back he's got experience he's you know he's got big hundreds at heading more the recently they've got him in at three they're going to have to hold at the middle order fires apart from Bairstow getting a 50 I mean the, these batsmen have got to step up, for the, step up to the plate um, because if they don't we're going to get steamrolled again it's as simple as that I think the picture heading heavenly after day one will be a roll. Can I just do- come
1: in on that? Because I know as England supporters, fans, viewers, whatever, um, we were disappointed after day five at, at Laws. But I thought the fallout from that, in terms of the negativity towards England, was over the top really because for probably 80% of that match, 85% of that match they were either toe-to-toe or even noses ahead of India yeah, well, in that you test win, match. That's the, the crucial part of it.
3: Yeah, but you win the big moments. You win the, you,
1: sorry, I'd say we, we batted
3: okay in the first innings. You win the big moments and that big moment to win that test match is when they got pants out earlier, they got hmm. those couple of early breakthroughs and they blew it. But it not-
1: but in terms of what I'm trying to get to though, Mark, is that I, I know I, I don't think England are as good as India at the moment, but in terms of that performance, they level pegged through most of that test match. So it's not all doom and gloom, is it? It's not all doom and gloom. If I honest stretch of the imagination, it's not all doom and gloom. But they lose
3: the important moments. I mean, they got. But remember, they got bowled out. We say India ball brilliant when they did. They got bowled out in fifty-three overs. They couldn't bat out sixty overs. I mean, it's the same when England have played good sides in the class When they played Australia, you could say, "Well, we competed for three days." Well on the fourth day, you got steamrolled and lost the game. We can always. You've got. If you lose in test matches, like four-day cricket and counter cricket, if you lose big sessions, you lose a match. You know, you've got to step up in those those moments and England have failed in those major moments in too many games recently and uh, the batsmen you know to bat 53 overs on that pitch at Lords in the second innings I don't care how good the bowling was it's criminal I mean and actually 13 wickets that fell India took 13 wickets because they dropped three Um uh, so they, had, they got them out in 53 overs 13 wickets they only had to bat two sessions I would bat most county sides to bat two sessions in a game but that shows how
1: bereft of confidence they are Mark came on this before we press record. He says, "I've had a bad day at work. Let me grab a let me grab a glass of wine." And he's, he's off on one now, and he's off on one. I could just leave him there. He'd be talking in the bottom right-hand of the screen. Just carry on. I mean, anyway, these guys don't have to
3: step up to the plate. They're supposed to be test match players. It's about time they delivered and stopped hiding behind excuses and techniques. They decide what techniques want to use, whatever.
1: Get out there and get the runs or step away. There you go, England. There you go. That has been your your team talk.
0: My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger.
1: Now, man, Frishabh Pant and Virat Kohli start scoring runs in this series. Basically, his message is England are toast. They're gone. They, yeah, they can't compete. But the thing is, England haven't let them score runs yet, have they?
0: Yes, and it's not only England. Uh, also in Australia, Kohli has not been scoring uh, since a while. Uh, so, I yes, they're out of runs, but... Uh, the rest of the players are uh, digging in, they are digging the opportunities and uh, yes uh, there is going to be a day when these two gun players are going to bat for India and I'm uh, saying this since Australia tour. Uh, still we are yet to perform with our best batting uh, we have been winning these games only because of our bowlers because the middle order yes uh, the innings which Pujara and Rahane played would have given a lot of confidence to Kohli as well I don't think so there is any technical glitch over there as uh, Rahul Ravid again I'll mention as a uh, Always uttered these words, uh, look out where your off stump is. And Kohli had rectified back at this in 2018 as well. So I feel he is too much pumped up right now. Uh, he wants to perform out there, and you can see with his bat going everywhere, he wants to score. So with the innings with Pujara and Rane played, I feel like. Uh, He is going to calm down his nerves and uh, yes, and also with Pant, yes, he has scored 25s and 30s, but uh, you know when he gets going, uh, it's just entertainment everywhere and ball is flying, so I am not too concerned with the form uh, these two players are going through right now. Uh, and I'm sure uh, being this batting paradise, India is playing in Headingley after 19 years. Last time with, when India had played, we had Rahul, Ravid, Lakshman and uh, Sachin. All three of them had scored a ton. So, and we had won by an inning. So, I'm sure they are going to repeat this again. And uh, Kohli uh, should score his stud. After uh, maybe two years and
1: dedicated uh, to his daughter. That's uh, Naman Shah speaking there. It's uh, Raul Dravid's agent, I think, these days. <laughs> um, Neil, um, Surya Kumi Yadav, he was mentioned earlier, he, uh, one of my favourite players, Mumbai Indian Sky, as they call him for MI. Any chance that we'll see him in this series? I think it's unlikely. He's there as a backup, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's there as a backup. And um, I, think, I think the way that Pujara batted in um, that third innings was back to the um the pajara vault soaking up 200 balls um you know all of that glory on on day five that doesn't happen if he gets out cheaply on day four games over same day uh soaked up a lot of balls um you now he scored forty five forty six um took a worldie um with a absolute kicker of a bounce from mark wood to um, to get him out he looked like he'd uh, he'd set up camp there um And someone uh, on another podcast made a very good point, which is Sky has become integral to the way that we're starting to play T20 cricket. Hmm. Do you want to scramble his mind? That would be a very English way of
1: treating him, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, do you want to scramble his mind by... Uh, him getting turned inside out by
1: Jimmy, which, you know, Jimmy can do to if, anyone. If, if he was English, nearly, he'd be batting at number three in this series,
3: wouldn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> quite, quite
2: possibly, yeah. He'd get a go before the uh, the end of the tour, like, um, like another three batters will as well. If uh, Milan can't uh, make it stick straight away, it seems, um, yeah, a bit of a revolving door at the moment. I, I like having him there with the group just to just a net with him, um you know get um face those bowlers uh mm. in the nets see how he does get a proper look at him i don't apparently he hasn't played ranji since um early 2020 maybe so get a proper look and see how he is right uh, he's not one for the future he's someone that with you know he's 30 odd we'll get you know if he does play and does well we'll get three four years out of him but I wouldn't throw him in and risk the T20 World Cup mindset that he'll have already um, unless it was necessary, unless there's injury or serious uh, loss of form.
1: I've got a real desire, you know, Mark's head's just appearing just above the bottom of the screen there to play a snooker shot and use him as the cue ball. Anyway, let's finish off with um, just a little bit of a chat about Jasper Bummerer and Jimmy Anderson. There's been a lot said. (laughs) Lip readers, interpreters have been going on about what they've been saying. Jimmy's been on his podcast on the BBC explaining it all will we see them kiss and make up Neil at Headingley will they be buzz and buddies again not a chance not a chance and I think last time that we came over, someone asked uh,
2: someone asked Jadeja how things were with Jimmy, and he kind of battered it off because, you know, who he's a show-no-weakness kind of guy. But um, this team does not like Jimmy Anderson. Uh, the Jadeja incident, the complete gracelessness of uh, the way that he was on camera when England toured India in 2015-16, um, um, when he was talking about uh, Indian pitches masking uh, Virat's um, technical deficiencies after he just scored a double hundred. Um, he's a guy that I think opposition players find
1: very hard to like be- That's because he's also That's very mouthy. That's the key, Neil, because I think it is opposition players. His own teammates love him because they know he's going to take him loads of wickets. He's good in the dressing room. Uh, he encourages the younger bowlers, etc. But opposition players can't stick him. I know the Yorkshire players um, when on a couple of occasions when Yorkshire played Lancashire been a little bit of uh, aggro in those games because G- he likes a little bit of a chirp at the crease, does Jimmy Mark? Yeah, he does. I mean, I was at one of those Yorkshire games in 2011 where he was jumping up and down in front
3: of a couple of batsmen and he was feeling it slipping, what I you? But I think he does it because it's... A, was that Egbeth? Yeah, it was Eggworth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, he does it because it motivates him. It gets him fired up. It gets him motivated. It's a, it's a form of self-motivation in terms of the opposition. So he likes to have a chirp, he likes to feel on edge when he's on the pitch. I mean, he said that himself, and I you know, he comes across as Mr. Grumpy. He likes to play up to that externally on his podcasts and what have you. But on the pitch, he likes that edge and it gives him a bit of a fire. And I think uh, that's why he, that's why he does it. Intrinsically, he's, uh, by all accounts, a very nice man. But I think when he steps over the line, that's just the way he is. So I wouldn't want the kind of... I wouldn't want him to start kissing makeup and make up and hugs when they're going off the field and all the rest of it. You know, I'm quite happy for a bit of needle in the game. It's nothing, as long as he doesn't get too far. That's why I wasn't too concerned with Siraj. It's nice to see it. A young man come on and give it all this and send a few batsmen off. It's uh, you know it's a bit of fun. It's you know it's a game. Let's not take it too seriously. Oh, they shouldn't be doing that. They're on a cricket
1: pitch. Give over. Let them get on with it. They're grown men. You can tell he's had a bad day at work, now, my <laughs> you know, he's, he's getting in the face uh, yeah. of uh, <laughs> Jimmy Anderson, Bonra. I think Jimmy himself.
3: I think you know he needs to take a serious look at himself as well if he's complaining about being bats I mean, for God's sake, he's he's, he's, he's batted number eleven for a long time, but he's that actually batted a long time in a lot of games he's going to get bounced he's going to get it round his throat like most
1: bat- most number 11s are they can all load a bat he, well, he, he was complaining that Bummer wasn't trying to get him out it was just basically uh, trying to inflict pain on him or, or well, extend well, the over and, well, this, and, he, and he'd been bowling slower at the other players Jimmy and he was bowling faster leg. At Jimmy. If
3: Jimmy wants to move to leg and get bowled. that's fine if he wants to get into line he might have to suck up a bit of pain are, are,
1: are you enjoying the side show, Namani? You, do, you like, do you like this needle that Mark's trying to get into the, inside this series?
0: I don't think so. They are treating him like this because he's Jimmy Anderson. Uh, I feel that they are treating this England team as a whole and not because he's Anderson or Root. Uh, you saw Coley pumping out uh, Robinson as well. So they are all heated up. This is also going to increase every match and I, and they are going to pound on each and every player. So I don't think so. This is uh, being taken out of proper portion a bit so <laughs> this is a part and parcel so i i'm not at all surprised and this is going to i wouldn't be surprised if it is heated up more from uh, right uh- from tomorrow. Uh,
1: so it's okay. Well, final point, Neil. Last question. Jeff, never, I don't think uh, Joe a smiley fella. He loves his cricket. But I don't think I've ever seen him smile so much in a series. Uh, do you reckon that's his defensive mechanism? I reckon he's getting a little bit of needle out there and he's kind of like making sure he smiles. There's nothing worse. If you're driving in the car and you kind of get a bit of road rage and you're thinking, and the other bloke just kind of looks at you and goes, oh yeah. And it kind of really winds me up. That does. Do you reckon that's what Joe trying to do? I actually thought it was the other way. I I looked at him when
2: he was doing the interviews after Lord's um, and even during um that game and he looked tired. You know, he looked um he looked like he was almost 25 years old instead of 12 like he normally does um <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm wondering whether um the, the the pressure of the pressure being captain like uh, he's been doing it five years now i think that's longer than most people last in the job because apart from the responsibility <laughs> of playing in the team there's so much other stuff outside especially england who play more test cricket than anyone he's
1: been he's carrying the weight of that side the hopes of a nation etc 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 it's it's a tough old job isn't it it's a tough old job being England captain he was always always third behind um, being prime minister then he was the England football manager then the England cricket captain was seen as the third most stressful job in England I'm sure there's others Mark's job look at how stressed he is after his day at work today (laughs) but uh, we will uh, sure we'll see Mark um, shortly we'll see Neil and Naman again thanks chaps for uh, joining us today on the Cricket Badger podcast it's not going to be quite daily as we go through this test match. I have got a lot of work on this week. We're going to be missing Wednesday and Thursday. So day one and day two of the test match. We will not have a test match daily, but we'll be back Friday through the weekend to talk about, hopefully it goes to five days, and we can talk about the um, the business end of the match with you then. But we'll see you very, very soon on the Cricket Badger podcast at cricket underscore badger on the Twitter feed. And enjoy the first two days of this test match. It's an important one.
0: Podcast Network.